self-care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. everyone and welcome back to our community. I'm so excited to be sitting down and chatting with you guys. So if you're listening to this when it comes out on Monday, I have just recorded this 10 minutes ago. (laughs) I was home in Long Island yesterday and I just didn't want to spend my Sunday recording an intro and editing the podcast when I was it was my dad's birthday. So we're doing this early Monday morning and getting it right up for you. So it kind of feels nice to be like on the same wavelength. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, let's jump into what was in alignment and out of alignment for me this week. I'm excited for this one because it feels so good to feel like I have more to talk about in alignment that's actually exciting than harping on how overwhelmed and upset I am out of alignment because I have a whole new chapter that I'm going through right now and New York City is open and it just everything feels really good. I also feel like my voice is extra raspy right now. I don't know why. I think because I was on a lot of podcasts this week, which was definitely in alignment this week, I lose my voice pretty easily. (laughs) But let's start with, I feel like re-inspired with YouTube again. I'm actually 40 subscribers away from hitting the 4,000 subscriber mark. So if you're not subscribed over there in Jen Lauren, please feel free to join our community on YouTube as well. We're one big community. So if you're not subscribed on YouTube, go click subscribe. It would really help me out. And just a little disclaimer, so many times over the years, I've said to friends like, oh my God, you're not subscribed. That's so rude or something like in a funny way, obviously. And they're like, I just don't have a YouTube account. And I'm like, guys, YouTube, your YouTube account is just your Gmail account. It is owned by Google. You sign into YouTube with your Gmail. So If you're one of those people, you're welcome. You do have a YouTube account. It's just your Gmail. (laughs) Anyway, I feel like re-inspired. I felt super burnt out for a while and I have been feeling re-inspired to edit quicker and get my videos up and like get more on a roll with editing. And I have all of these ideas for more thoughtful, vulnerable videos rather than just workout challenges because that's just, I don't know, I want to, I love how intimate we get on the podcast and Through some of my podcast recordings recently, specifically with Zoe Pritchard and um, a few other ones, I think mainly ones that I've been on, like Two Degrees Hotter and Behind the Girl Boss, I've just realized, you know, I get way more vulnerable on the podcast. And I, you know, it's so important to be yourself on YouTube and lay it all out there. And I just, I want to challenge myself to get more vulnerable on there as well. So, I've just been feeling re-inspired and I have all these new ideas and I've been editing quicker. So that's been great. Also, I just mentioned I've been on a bunch of podcasts this week. So that's all. It just feels good to be like re-inspired in the content creation sense. I've been doing a bunch of vlogs on Instagram Reels. It's just, it's been fun to feel re-motivated in that sense. But what was really in alignment for me this week was I had a lot of like fun events and tried different workouts. So I, on Saturday, as you know by now, my PR client is The Class, previously known as The Class by Taryn Toomey, and it's a super cathartic spiritual workout. 
And this Saturday, they had a pop-up workout at the top of the rock. And I went to work because obviously I do their PR. So I was working on this event and I was able to also take the class. So here we are at the top of the rock on the rooftop overlooking the Empire State Building with Empire State of Mind playing. And we literally were screaming at the end of the workout just like to let out everything from this past year, screaming off the rooftop, looking at the Empire State Building to the song Empire State of Mind. And it was just beyond cathartic. I almost cried like all of the women in that community that took the time to get those tickets to be on the rooftop. They sold out within minutes. So like anyone who was there really cares about this workout and is so open to like dancing it out and screaming and just like get so into it. And it was just so beautiful. And then I also tried. So I was home, as I mentioned yesterday, and I went on my dad's spin bike and I did Soul Cycle. So, unpopular opinion, I actually prefer Soul Cycle to Peloton. I think it's so much more cathartic and fun, and it's less about the numbers and the cadence like a Peloton is. So, if you've never tried Soul Cycle on your spin bike, definitely try it out. It's on the Equinox Plus app. I believe you can get some sort of free trial. I actually get the app for free. I'm not a member of Equinox, but Because I had been at one point in my life and then my account was frozen, I got the account for free. So I do the SoulCycle app and it was so fun. So I'm going to try to do that more often. I always say I hate spinning, but I just like don't like Peloton. I just don't. But on Saturday, backtracking a bit, I worked all day and I didn't even mind it. I was so grateful because it's exactly what I've been manifesting when I do Erica's Kundalini Breathwork Manifest meditations and I sit and I visualize exactly what I want my life to be like I would picture myself at a workout event and then you know hopping over to another event and meeting people and grabbing coffee with someone and then working the front desk at a workout studio and that's exactly what I did Saturday so I am not even complaining it was so fun I woke up went to the class event on the rooftop And then on my way to work my shift at Rumble, I stopped by Saqqara had this pop-up coffee shop and I'm an ambassador for Saqqara. So I stopped by, I met people that I've been talking with who work on the Saqqara program, which was so nice to see them in the flesh. The coffee truck was making Lachlum coffee made with the metabolism cacao powder that I'm obsessed with from Saqqara and like coconut milk and maple syrup. And it was the best coffee I've ever had. Reminder, Exogen Lauren, if you want 20% off Saqqara, the link is in the bio and the show notes and all of the things because I'm obsessed. But it was so nice to meet people. And guess who I ran into? Isabel, who has been on this podcast before. I ran into her at the Saqqara event, and it was so nice to see her. We were so excited to run into each other, and we're going to get lunch on Friday. So if you liked that episode, you know how excited I was to finally meet her. And then I worked at Rumble, and it was just, it was amazing. It felt so good to like be living my on-the-go New York City life. It's exactly how we would want to spend a Saturday. It was so fun, and it's been so nice to feel like New York is back. So It was a good week. And what was out of alignment was what I feel like I've been talking about a lot, which is just feeling like I'm not really getting my meditation in as frequently as I'd like to. It's not like been my every morning I wake up and do that, but I want it to be. So we're going to get back into it, but that's just been out of alignment. I don't know. It hasn't really been a part of my routine and we need to get it back in there because the reason that I'm having such a good time right now and that 
all of these things are coming to fruition is because I manifested them in my kundalini practice. So we cannot give that up. (laughs) Got to keep manifesting. So another thing I wanted to ask you guys is this breathe in what was in alignment and breathe out what was out of alignment. I've always kind of cringed at it. And then if you listen to my episode with Ethan last week, he also said that he cringes at it. So like, I'm just feeling like maybe we avoid the cringe and stop doing it. But if you guys enjoy it and you and you don't cringe, let me know. DM me on the Dare to Self Care pod Instagram or at Jen underscore Lauren with two N's. And, you know, quick shameless plug. Follow me on there if you're not already. But DM me if you have a vote. I'm going to put on the Dare to Self Care pod Instagram this week. I'll do a little poll on the stories if we should keep or nix this part where we breathe in and out. But just in case you want to keep it, I'll do it. But now I can't uncringe, so we'll see. Let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) Okay. Let's intro our guest of the week. Her name is Jane Simmons. She's a New York City-based personal trainer who runs an online workout program called Movement and Mindset. The program focuses on health-first fitness, which she talks about today. She works with members to hit their personal fitness goals and teach them how to create a healthy and sustainable relationship with fitness. And we actually also have a promo code. Use promo code DTSCPOD for 20% off your first month of the Movement and Mindset program. Try it out and let me know how it is. I will put that promo code in the show notes. And she's also on YouTube sharing all things workouts and her health-first mindset. So we dive into fitness, of course, and having her own business, becoming a personal trainer, finding your first clients, leaving your full-time job, how to cope with self-doubt, being a woman in a male-led industry, and what makes you different is your superpower. And then we also talk about what it means to put your health first, working out for your health rather than your appearance, how to achieve mind-body connection when you're working out, and how to actually have a why or a goal behind working out that's not aesthetic. And then, of course, we dabble a bit at the end in YouTube tips, how to find a community online, confidence on how to put yourself out there on YouTube, and let's get right into the episode. Enjoy. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to finally chat with you. We've become kind of like Instagram friends, so I love like finally yeah. getting to do a deep dive, hour-long conversation. <laughs> I know. Me too. I feel like I've been following you on Instagram and on YouTube for so long. I love your review videos, so yeah, I'm excited to finally oh, meet you. in quotes. <laughs> I would say virtually meet. <laughs> thank you. Well, yeah, we're both in New York, so we can meet in person soon. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. It's so crazy. The trains are getting busy again. Like New York is getting back. It's to normal. back. It's, it's weird. coming back. I know yeah. it's weird. It's like all of a sudden the weather got nice and it's like we're back. <laughs> Everyone came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Out from our cocoons. Okay, well, let's start with your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success. So my top thing, um, and this, like, for me is because I love to, like, super overbook myself. I will wake up at 5 and 
start work at 5.30 and work all day. Um, so something that has really changed my life is spending at least an hour a day on me, um, whether that is working out or, you know, like reading a book here and there, um, meditating, you know, like any kinds of things. But I've really found that if I can spend at least an hour, whether that's together or spread out over the day, focusing on myself, that just puts me in a better mood and like actually makes me a better worker because I'm like able to take that step back and really focus on myself and cleanse my mind before I jump into the day. Absolutely. So you do that in the morning then it sounds like before your day? Um, Normally. So like trainer hours are super weird because we kind of work with everyone else's nine to five. (laughs) So normally I kind of wake up and like get ready for the day. Um, I have my little morning routine and then I start work normally at either at 7.30 or 8.30 a.m. Um, and then I go through like three hours and then I have a break and so normally that's when I work out and then I do like my lunch sessions and then I head back home to do everything else for the afternoon and evening. So I was actually just talking to another trainer about this. I am fascinated because I just left like my full-time situation and now I'm Oh, one congratulations. Of the thank you. Well, one of the things I'm doing is working part-time at the Rumble front desk. And mm-hmm. the morning shift is 6.30. And I'm just like fascinated by people's routines in the trainer world and in the fitness world because I'm trying when I have a morning shift to mm-hmm. have somewhat of a morning. Like I'm not going to wake up and do like an elaborate morning routine two hours right. like at 4 a.m., mm-hmm. But I'm trying not to just like do that thing where you roll out of bed and get to class kind of mentality. And like, yeah, because then I feel like at the end of the shift at like 12 or whatever, I'm shot and I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like (laughs) if I just roll out of my bed and get to the 630 a.m. shift, like at 12, I'm just like my day's shot. And like and, Mm -hmm. you know, like I feel like I need to start off on the right foot but you don't want to have to wake up too much earlier. So I'm curious, like, what is your mindset around that? Yeah, so I'm so lucky in this post, or I guess still towards the end of the pandemic world, I would say, (laughs) um, that now I I work for myself, so I get to choose my own schedule. Previously, I used to start work at 5.30, so I totally feel you. Four o'clock is not a fun time to wake up. No one else is awake. The trains are scary. It's not fun. So... Before, what I would do is set myself like a very mini morning routine and also really take advantage of the time that I had during my commute. Um, So like, uh, do you take the train? Yep. Okay, so like picking out, I would meditate on the train a lot um, or like listening to a podcast, like something like that. And you could do the same thing in your car if you're if you're a driver out there. <laughs> Probably not meditating while driving, yeah. not safe. <laughs> um, but definitely like a podcast or just like a good playlist to get you in the mood. I'm definitely a huge coffee drinker. Like I set my pretty much my whole morning routine around my coffee. Um, so something mm-hmm. that really helps me is when I brew my coffee, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes and I stretch while that's going on. So like first thing I do is I get out of bed and I immediately make my coffee. It's something that I know how to do. I don't have to think too hard about it. You know, it's pretty much just like muscle memory of doing that. Um, And that kind of sets, you know, me up a little bit. I'm starting to wake up, takes about five minutes. And then in the 10 minutes that it takes to brew, I spend that whole time stretching or meditating or moving in some way. And then that way I can like get my coffee and then actually start getting ready and like doing my makeup and my hair and all that. I feel like you need that morning routine, even if it's super, super early and even if it's just like stretching while your coffee is brewing, mm-hmm. because otherwise, 
at least for me, like if I'm super disheveled in the morning and I'm like, gotta go, gotta go, like rushing and then I get to work, that middle point, if I were you in the day where you have a break, I don't think I'd like have the motivation to work out. I think I would take a nap. Mm-hmm. But because your <laughs> mindset when you work, when you wake up is like, I'm waking up for the day, I'm starting my day, let's start it on the right foot. It allows your mind and body to like understand that you're ready for a full day, if that makes sense. So that's mm-hmm. something that I'm trying to do as well. Like even if I have to leave at 6 a.m. to get to the studio, waking up with enough time to at least get something in, even if it's just sitting with my coffee and listening to a podcast, yeah. to be able to like ease my mind into the day and show up as my best self. Yeah, definitely. And I'm also like one of those people who – I could so easily dive right into work. I love my job and I'm very lucky that I love my job. And so I love it so much that I could wake up and just immediately start working. And I have to stop myself from doing that because otherwise I will not work out and I will not enjoy life and I won't listen to the podcast I want to listen to or anything like that. So that's also something that I really had to learn and gain self-control over is forcing myself to have that routine and that time for myself. Otherwise, I'm just... Work, 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 yeah. and that's not fun for I've, anyone. I've been there where in my mind I'm like, but I'm enjoying it and I'm loving it, so what's the problem? And then mm-hmm. I get to a point where I'm fully burnt out, and now I've realized, like, no matter how excited you are about something, you have to prioritize self-care. And I feel like it was almost an experiment for myself because I mm-hmm. was burnt out for, like, a month after, and the things that were exciting for me to do were all of a sudden, like, daunting tasks, so yeah. I do agree with you. It's like you almost have to hold yourself back for for your own well-being. Yeah, totally agree. So before we get into like your philosophy, well, first of all, you just mentioned that you just started working for yourself. So I want to go into like your whole story leading up to that. I don't know what you are doing yet, but let's just like <laughs> take it all the way back. How did you get here? Like when did you decide to become a trainer Mm -hmm. What were you doing before you decided to work for yourself? Like, just tell us your whole story. Yeah, so actually kind of random. Um, So I grew up as a dancer. I was an actor, dancer, singer. Um, That's what I wanted to do with my career. That was what I had done since, like, drama camp in, like, third grade, you know, all the way through high school and then um, got into a college program, which was a super intense process for people who don't know anyone that's been to school for acting. The classes are normally, like... 14 people per grade. Um, So that was very stressful. And I think that that was the beginning of me being like, ooh, I don't know if I want to do this professionally. Because for me, it took the fun out of it and it became the job, you know? So through training at my college, which I generally enjoyed, um, but that's, I think, where my relationship with food and with the gym and with my fitness really started to fall flat because I only went to look a certain way. Um, I was told by professors I had to look a certain way and the industry has changed or is, I hope, changing since I was in school. Um, But that was how things were. You know, you needed to have a certain body type. You needed to look this way. So that's why I started going to the gym. That's kind of how I found fitness in the first place. And then through my time there, I was kind of, you know, getting to know myself a little bit more like we all do in college and was just realizing that, I don't know if this was the career for me, and an opportunity came my way where I got to be an associate producer for the student-run theater company. So this was just some students who were like, 
we're not in a show and we want to be in a show, but we want to choose the show and we want to direct it and we want to do all this stuff. And so they needed somebody to come on as an associate. Um, so I did that. And that's where I think my love for business started because before that I didn't really have any knowledge of like how to run anything, how to work with money, how to negotiate with people, anything like that. Um, so then once I started working on that, I really, really fell in love with that. Um, the next year I became the like head of the whole thing, um, which was a really great experience again. And that's when I thought that I wanted to go into producing. <laughs> I thought that that would be a really fun career path for me more on the business side, but still involved with theater. It felt like it could potentially be creative. Later found out that it was not that at all. Um, and so when I was graduating college, honestly, I think my pride just got in the way and I was like, well, I went to school for musical theater. I need to be an actor and like, I can be a producer on the side, but I need to get a job in acting. So I got a job as a singer in a resort in the Florida Keys, which was really fun for like the first month. And then have you ever seen the show Below Deck? The one yeah. where they're like on a yacht and it's like a really yeah. small crew. That's what I always say Florida was like. Like it was really okay. fun and we got to see the Florida Keys and like live, you know, in Key West and all this stuff. So it was really cool. But the crew was really, really small. We lived with each other. We worked with each other. We hung mm -hmm. out with each other. Like everything was with the same four people. And it was in a really small town. I didn't have a car, so I had to like borrow a car if I wanted to go anywhere. It just was not my vibe at all. Mm -hmm. um, so I stayed there for about six months and then I came home, started working as um, like front desk at a medical spa. So like Botox and like medical facials and stuff. Um, so I did that and started working as an associate producer and realized that I didn't really like that either. And was again, just like so lost in my career, so lost in what I wanted to do. And at that point, I was going to the gym like every morning and didn't really care about the workout. Like the, it was, I was not there for the workout. I was literally just there to be out of my parents' house and to not be at work and to take the time to just focus on myself and move my body a little bit. And that was when I decided I'm maybe going to get my personal training certification. Like I've been to the gym a lot, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I know there's a lot more to like the science behind this that I don't know. And I am not much of a like I, I'm not gonna like read a textbook just for fun like that is not my vibe yeah. at all so I decided to get my personal <laughs> training certification honestly like just for something to do and I thought that maybe it could be sort of like my side hustle at the time um, and then as soon as I started it I fell in love with it I loved learning about it and like being able to feel so much more confident in a gym setting and to like know what was going to work for my body and help my friends and all this stuff. So I really liked it. And I was in the time um, planning to move to New York anyway. Like I said, I was an actor. So a lot of my friends already lived in New York. And even though I was not like or no longer pursuing acting, it was where I wanted to be because all my friends were here. It just seemed like the natural progression of what came next. So after I got my personal training certification, I moved to New York and went three weeks without a job because I applied for like 30 gyms, but most people were like, we don't want to talk to you until you're in New York City. Like until you can come in tomorrow for an interview, we're not really interested in doing interviews over the phone or anything like that. So it took me a while to sort of get on my feet here, um, which was very scary at first, but I ended up getting a job at Equinox, which was like my number one choice. Everyone said that it was a great place to work, so I really wanted to work there. And I'm so happy that I did. Um, I stayed with them for about a year and a half. A year of that was in the pandemic. So I was in person there for about six months. 
and it's a great company. Like I had so much fun working there. I lucked out. My team is incredible. My management was incredible. And the really great thing about Equinox is that they really invest in their trainers' education. So we get a ton of free classes. Like they actually pay you to go to this class to learn more about how to be a trainer, to learn more about the science, um, just to like continue your education. And they offer a lot of other programs just to just to continue the education. And like you're supposed to do that anyway. Like we have to do that as trainers have to continue it and you get points that you have to build up to recertify. But it wasn't really about that. Like that was that at Equinox isn't like the main reason people do it. It is solely just to become a better trainer. That was also where I was introduced to functional fitness and working out not just for your body, but also for your mind and your life and all of these things. So I really fell in love with their philosophy. Um, And then the pandemic hit and we were paid for a little bit, but, you know, the company couldn't sustain it for a long time. They were paying us. They were trying to take care of group fitness. They were trying to take care of Pilates and spa and front desk and maintenance. You know, like there was just too, and management, like there was too many people. They just could not possibly take care of everyone for what ended up being a year. So during the pandemic, I was like, okay, I need to make money. Like I need to pay my rent. Of course, rent in New York is like still expensive, even though, those, even though there's a pandemic going on. Um, and so I decided to come out with an ebook called Movement and Mindset where the whole goal of it was just to help people become more comfortable with at-home workouts while also asking themselves questions that would make them dig deeper into their mindset. At this point, it was a lot of like affirmations or, you know, visualizing what your life would look like after this pandemic. It was very like, it wouldn't have worked in any other time except for the pandemic, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And people really liked it. People liked the philosophy. It was something that was new to them. And so... From there, I was like, would you guys be interested in a Patreon page? Because, again, I needed to make money, and that just seemed like it could work. And and it did. So I ended up coming out with a Patreon page that had, like, three different tier levels. So depending on the tier level you were at, you would get a certain amount of workouts um, and maybe some, like, exclusive, like, one-on-one time with a trainer, something like that, you know. Um, But Patreon actually takes a pretty hefty percentage for what I was charging and what I was doing. And so I decided that I needed to figure something else out because, again, at this point, for me, it was all about, like, I need a way to make money. I'm not training. I'm not working. I'm not doing anything. I need to pay my rent. And so I figured out a way to sort of do everything on my end and put up a website and came out with, like, an email list that you could join if you were subscribed to it. And then there would be a private Instagram page with all the videos on it of all the exercises. And that's actually still what I use today. So it sort of like morphed into this thing that was just a product of the pandemic, but now I'm sort of working on how to make it exist in this post-pandemic world. So it's changed a lot. Um, And all of that happened in like maybe three months from the ebook to like launching the monthly program. And yeah, so now what it is, is it is five workouts a week. um, And then you also get two live events per month and check-ins with me. And we have like a community Slack group. So it's a really fun group. But in September, back, backtracking a little bit, in September, the gyms opened back up in New York City. And we went back. My gym is in Midtown. So no one was really going to the gym because nobody lived by my gym and nobody's going into the offices. And so I tried to stick it out for a while. And while I was doing that, also trying to find a way to, you know, pay my rent. And so I took on some private clients, started working with people at a private training gym, and that just sort of 
built slowly, like over the next few months following into the new year. Um, and then it feels kind of like out of nowhere, it just exploded. And all of a sudden I was dedicating almost full-time hours to my one-on-one clients, so much so that it became really difficult to do both jobs. Um, so actually I just left like maybe like two or three weeks ago and it was a really difficult decision. (laughs) Thanks. It was hard. Like I, I mean, I cried like when I left because I love my team. I love the company. I love my manager, but it just wasn't working for me and for my schedule anymore. And they needed more people there more often, but not to do sessions to do, um, like other things like help out with like cleaning and keeping the CDC guidelines, making sure everyone's wearing a mask, things like that, that it just wasn't working for me anymore. And it, it, it was just, it was a really rough decision to make. And I went back and forth, back and forth on it for like a month, but now I'm really happy and I'm really excited Good. about it. Um, and I definitely, like, I know it was the right decision. It's so scary to leave a job like that, especially to work for yourself because you don't know if it's going to work. You know, you're the person that's in charge. You don't know if this is the right move. You can't tell the future. And if it fails, you don't have a company to fall back on anymore. So I went back and forth for like a month, maybe six weeks until I decided I just have to do it. (laughs) Got to take the leap and just hope for the best. Yes. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I'm curious, how do you get your first clients? I think that's a big intimidating factor for people who want to make the jump to work for themselves and some client-based work. Did you carry people over, you know, from Equinox? Like, how were you finding people who resonated with your philosophy and wanted your ebook and personal training? What were sort of your tactics to finding your first clients? Yeah, great question. So it's, it can be hard at first. And I would say that like on, especially for personal training, it is exponential because like most things, it's all word of mouth. Luckily, you know, we live in the world of social media. So for me, I had a small following on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, so that's where most of my original ebook buyers and um, uh, Movement of Mindset members came from, uh, as well as like just some friends from college that, you know, wanted to be a part of it. Um, but as far as like clients go, I think there's a few things you could do. First of all, like reach out to your friends and family. And, you know, if you want to offer a friends and family discount or, you know, like whatever, that's really up to you and what you feel like you can give people. But I think just like starting with people, you know, and asking for testimonials, asking for them to post about it, for them to talk about it, you posting about it and sharing what it is you do, uh, which can be scary sometimes, especially as you're starting something new, sharing that journey because we all hate being bad at things or being new at things (laughs) but people don't know what you do unless you talk about it unless you share it and I mean that's something I still struggle with now is being like oh well you know I want to show myself working out but like uh, my form wasn't perfect on that third rep so do I a personal trainer really want to put this on my story but I mean come on you know like we're not all robots we're not perfect all the time and I think people like seeing the behind the scenes people like seeing that you know, me, a personal trainer, does not have perfect form 100% of the time because nobody does. So I think that that's like the biggest thing is, you know, start with people you know and then always be talking about what you do, sharing what you do. Yeah, I saw that you actually posted the other day something about self-doubt, which is 
essentially also imposter syndrome. I think it's the mm-hmm. same thing. I always say that to people. I heard that on some podcast somewhere. I don't remember where, but it like really struck me. It's like, oh, do you get imposter syndrome? It's, it's self-doubt. And yes, every single person mm-hmm. gets it. And I yeah. saw that you posted about it the other day. So I would love to hear where your self-doubt comes in and how you are mm-hmm. coping with it. Because I think everyone yeah. struggles with self-doubt. Definitely. Um, and I think especially as like a, an entrepreneur or a solopreneur where it's just you, that's personally where mine comes in a lot, especially right now, because I don't have a team. I don't have a boss. I don't have a man. Like I don't have anyone else to talk to. So any decisions that I make, it's just me. So I think there's like a few things. I think first of all, getting in tune with yourself and really trusting your intuition, really trusting your gut and listening to the cues that your body gives you because it really does. If something doesn't feel right, it's not. Something is off, you know, and it might not be the whole big picture. It might just be this little thing over here in the corner, but listening and tuning into those cues, um, I find really helpful. Yeah, I think that in general, working for yourself, there's a lot of self-doubt. I think also being a woman in a male-led industry, the fitness industry is extremely male-dominated. Um, normally, I walk into the gym that I train at. There may be other, like one other female trainer, but it's normally just me. So that can be very intimidating and make me feel sometimes that like maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe these people know more than me. And most of the people are awesome and no one would say that. Um, but I think it's almost like, like an, the engineering career path in that way where you do have that just little bit of self-doubt because no one else here looks like you. And I think you got to be confident in yourself, you know, and just know that you know what you're doing. Um, I never recommend talking to a lot of people about it. I think having a small group of friends that you can talk to and you can trust and ask for their opinions. But like nine times out of 10, I don't ask, like put it on my Instagram story or anything like that, because honestly, like I don't do well with a lot of people's input. I'd much rather have input from three people and then, you know, take what they have to say into consideration, but at at the end of the day, you just have to trust yourself and know that you know what's going to be best for you, for your business, for your life, for all of those things. Yeah, that's interesting because I was actually just talking to one of my friends the other day about how how she makes decisions is asking as many people as possible and hearing everyone's input. I can't do it. And so it's just... (laughs) <laughs> it goes back to human design, though. I don't know if you know your human design or if you've ever dabbled no. in that. I have a feeling you're a manifesting generator. I don't know much other than having oh a human design expert on the podcast. How do I find mine out? Oh, okay, okay. I need to go to an expert. <laughs> Her name is Erin Claire Jones. She was on my podcast. If you go to the description, I have, like, all the links in there that she yeah. gave me to, like, find your human design. Oh, my Let God. me know what yours is. I'm curious if I'm right. Yeah. But it's, like... She gives you a blueprint and it tells you exactly how you make decisions, exactly how you work best, like and all of that kind of stuff. And I feel like you're the same as me because I am driven off of my gut and my intuition. And like when my gut, I like a literal bodily response where I'm like, okay, now I need to, you know, pull the trigger or whatever it is. So I just have to say, I feel like we're the same in that, in that way. (laughs) What's your, what's your Enneagram? Oh, see, that I don't know. I've looked it up, but I don't really oh. know. I need to look into that. Okay. Yeah. I What's took yours? The, there's like a test. I'm a type three, which is the achiever. I think I am which too. Which is like totally me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, I'm also a Slytherin, but not because I'm mean, just because I'm so <laughs> ambitious. And that's pretty much what like the, the achiever is all about is it's like, 
you're very ambitious, you know, you want to always show up as your best self, you never want to, like, you're, you're afraid of failure and all those kinds of things, which is, like, totally me. I've had to get very comfortable with failure in running my own business, but definitely yeah, something that I'm is with you. terrifying. But I, I bet you're that, too. Yeah, I'm a Virgo also, so that's another I'm reason Sagittarius. why I'm Sagittarius. <laughs> it's like the perfectionism and everything it is. It's, but you're right. Like having, having these entrepreneurial ventures has challenged me to go with the flow and not feel yeah. the need to control everything. So I completely agree with you on that, and I think it's a great test for people like us. But I also (laughs) wanted to say when you mentioned, you know, walking into the gym and there's these male trainers and you second guess yourself, that's your superpower. So that's always like what I try to tell myself or anyone who's like, I love that. But yeah, yeah, anyone who's like, but no one else looks like me does this. I'm like, that's your superpower, though. Like people Mm -hmm. who live in that area and need a personal trainer and they go to that gym and they see all men, they're like, I want a female trainer, though, to make me feel comfortable. And then they discover you. So It's just interesting, like, the things that we can get so insecure about because we don't fit into a box is actually great because it's, it's like, your differentiating factor. Yeah, 100%. And I've had people say that to me before. But it's it's funny how we don't recognize those things within ourselves. Yeah, I would never want a male personal trainer. I'm just not as comfortable for whatever reason. I don't really want to be doing squats and having a man like correct my form. It just (laughs) makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I have only had, I've had one female trainer because she was my workout class instructor. And I just like, you really want to vibe with someone and you don't vibe or feel comfortable with just anyone. So I think there's such a huge market for personal training because it really just depends on like, a huge part of it is personality and like who you connect with. Like this mm-hmm. guy could be a great trainer, but if I don't feel comfortable around him, I'm going to go look for other options. So I think that's, it's just something, it's a good reminder because that always happens to me when I walk into a room and I feel like I've walked into acting class before and I felt like everyone else has been acting for their entire lives and then I get insecure, but it's like actually... I am going to be more open to like any critique because I'm not trained in one specific way. So it's just like understanding I've been trying to like challenge myself when I feel that way. Like I'm the only person in the room that's Mm -hmm. different. Understanding that that can actually be an advantage and it's all about a mindset shift. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you about your fitness philosophy. You mentioned it a little bit before and how that's sort of woven into your mind movement mindset program your I feel like your message is always health first so can we talk Mm -hmm. about that and what that means yeah so I think I'll start with like my first introduction to working out for my health over working out for any kind of physical Mm -hmm. appearance Um, so my freshman year of college within the same month my grandma passed away from cancer and I found out that my mom had breast cancer And that was terrifying, you know, and it's clearly genetic. It clearly runs in my family. It's clearly a possibility for me. So I was scared. And so I started doing research on like how to prevent breast cancer, like what I could do since I was so young um, to just sort of kickstart that process. And it always brought up like having a workout routine. So I was like, oh, okay, great. Well, like, I'm already doing that. 
awesome. <laughs> like, check. <laughs> so over <laughs> the years, that kind of really stuck with me where I was like, even on days that I didn't want to necessarily work out or weeks that I didn't want to work out, it was like, well, I should do something, some kind of movement because like I have this thing that's, you know, not coming after me, but you know what I mean? Like it could potentially be coming my way. And this is what I'm going to do now to prevent that from happening in the future. So that's been my introduction to it. As I've sort of gotten older, um, again, I was like very obsessed with the way that I was looking in college because of everything that was going on with school. Um, So as I got away from that, I realized that I didn't need to look any kind of way. The only way that I want to look is a healthy version of myself. And so I started focusing a lot less on what I looked like. I didn't really care what size my pants were. And I know that in saying all this, I have a ton, a ton of privilege because I am naturally thin. I am white. I have a ton of privilege in saying this. So I do want to just like put that out there first. Um, But I started to realize that I did not care about you know, what size my pants were, how much I weighed on the scale, any of those things. It just started to sort of drift away from me. And what I cared about more was just like enjoying my workouts and having fun and taking time to connect with myself. And then I was introduced to a mind-body connection, which I had only heard of in like yoga and Pilates. I didn't really think about it in terms of strength training. Um, And I had someone talk to me about like my deadlift form and they were like, well, you need a stronger mind-body connection. And I was like, oh my God, well, I thought I had a pretty strong mind-body connection, like I grew up as a dancer, you know, like I can, I'm very flexible and all this stuff and I do yoga. And that got me thinking and brought me to like the next level where I was like, okay, mind-body connection in strength training. So then it got into how do I control these movements? How do I make sure that my upper body and lower body are moving in opposite directions when I'm doing a deadlift or anything like that? You know, how do I make sure that this very specific muscle that I want to be activated is turned on. So in this process, I got, I just learned so much more about myself. I became so much more excited to work out. I enjoyed what I was doing more. And yeah, so that is what I think kickstarted the health first fitness. And as I started becoming Um, a little bit busier at the gym, started meeting more people, talking to especially more women about what they wanted at the gym, what their goals were, and what I could provide for them. A lot of the same answers kept coming up. I want to lose weight. I want to get toned. I want to have, you know, more defined muscles. I want to have abs. That's a big one. Um, Especially like around the new year and summer. That's like what I heard over and over and over and over again. And so as I started working with people, what I found is that we would work together and yes, I was helping them get to that goal with like the programming, like overall, that's what the goal was. That's what we were working towards. But with the little things like their form and the exercise choice and all of this, we're starting to work on that mind body connection. And as I start to, you know, we come become more familiar with each other. We learn more about each other. Um, I, I love working with women because I think that, you know, we are taught so many things that we need to unlearn and then relearn. Something that like I love talking to women about is working out around your period. Like how you don't need to be lifting the heaviest that you've ever lifted on the week of your period. You actually do not have the energy and that's okay. So breaking down those barriers, becoming more familiar with, with what people's pain points are and how can we actually, instead of as a salesperson, pick out those pain points, let's instead figure out ways that we can fix those pain points because it's not okay to not want to go 
to the beach and hang out with your friends because you don't feel comfortable in a bathing suit. Like that's, that's not okay. I want you to feel comfortable and confident no matter what size is on the inside of your bathing suit because no one sees that except for you. So as I, that's, as I become really like more comfortable with my clients, that was something that became really important to me and why I love, love working with women. Um, cause I just want to break that down. I want to break down those barriers. I want to have everyone realize that fitness is so much more than what size you wear and what you look like and whether or not you have six pack abs. I absolutely love that message. And I want to ask you if anyone's listening and they're like, I do correlate fitness with how I look. I wish I loved fitness or wanted to work out for other reasons. How do I get there? And people, you know, might understand like, yeah, you work out to feel better. Like, sure, mind-body connection. But can we maybe give just like Mm -hmm. a step one or like an easy, tangible tip for someone who doesn't have that mind-body connection and like sort of just one step in how to get there? Yeah. And and I do want to like preface this with it is totally okay to have aesthetic goals. It is so fine to want to look a certain way, to want to lose a certain amount of weight or gain a certain amount of muscle, like that is totally fine. I just always tell people like, don't let that be the defining factor of why you're working out. Like don't let that be the number one reason because those goals don't last. You want to lose 10 pounds, great. You lose 10 pounds, now what? You know, so it's okay to have those goals, but make sure that your why is not for your physical appearance. Um, so that's always where I would start is what is your goal and what is your why? Those are like the two most important things that are going to hold you through your fitness journey. If someone is looking for like, I don't even know what that means. Like, where do I start on my website, moveinamindset.com, I have a workbook. It's called jumpstart your journey and it's completely free and it walks you through that entire process. And I really believe in journaling. I think that it is a great way to get to connect with yourself more and to learn these things, to start dissecting what these goals and this why means to you. And so on there, it just has like some journal prompts, some questions. I know like one of them is, you know, what do you enjoy doing at the gym? Cause sometimes I think that we end up going to the gym and we do our bicep curls and we do our squats and we do our whatever. But then it's like, do I even like what I'm doing? Cause I didn't, I didn't like doing any of that, but I was doing it because that's what I just thought you needed to do. And there's so much more out there. There's so much more than just bicep curls and squats. So That workbook's a great resource, but at the end of the day, you got to figure out what is your goal and what is your why. I am definitely going to be getting that workbook after this call. I'm really excited about that. I want to move into, before we get into the ending segment, I want to talk like social media and YouTube because yes, you're a trainer. I'm obsessed with your overall message. I think everyone listening knows that it completely aligns with mine. I think working out for your mental health is just as important as physical health. But you also Mm -hmm. started putting yourself out there on YouTube. When did you start that? Why did you start that? Yeah, so I always wanted to start a YouTube channel, but I think in college I was just scared. Like I was just nervous to start, and there's always fear of judgment. Um, So when I graduated college and I lived in Florida, I was feeling so lost in my career and in who I was. I was in a long distance relationship with my boyfriend. Um, And so I just wanted like something to do, a hobby. And again, I just always wanted to do it. So I was like, you know what? Like I have so much time that I'm by myself in my room here. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. 
Um, so I started it and it was kind of health and fitness-y, I would say, but that was before I was certified. So it was very much just like, here's my workout, here's what I'm eating today, you know, like those kinds of things. And then since I've gotten certified, I would say that it's sort of shifted a little bit into more like vlog style and more educational. I think that confidence in the gym only comes from education. Um, definitely from like comfort, you know, and all those things. But I think that you can feel the most confident in a gym setting when you have the education and the knowledge that what you're doing is right form, that what you're doing is for your goals. Because that way, if anyone even wants to come up and be like, you know, what are you doing? Then you can be like, well, I'm doing 15 squats because I'm working on yeah. endurance and I'm pairing it with, you know, with whatever. So that is what my mission is now with my social media is educating people on how to feel more confident. In, in the gym and in their fitness. Do you have any tips for someone who's just starting a YouTube channel? Maybe they're nervous, maybe they're not, but any tips for having confidence online and then also just like maybe oh, one tangible dog. tip? It's okay. <laughs> We're dog friendly over here. <laughs> oh my God, I don't know why she's going so crazy. She's back in the crate. I think she's good. <laughs> okay, cool. I was going to say maybe like one tangible tip on YouTube and then one like confidence tip. Yeah. So I would say tangible is find a community. Even though I've been on YouTube for a long time, I feel like since I've joined Natalie's community, which is where Jen and I met, um, and just like talking to other people who are going through that same thing and are asking questions that I hadn't even thought about. Like even since I just had that community, I feel so much more confident and so much more excited to be doing it. Um, and then confidence wise, my philosophy is you can't make everyone else happy. So you just have to make yourself happy and put on your blinders and just do it. I love that. I also think the community piece goes for both, like having a community and being able to talk to other people who are in the same boat as you can also allow you to feel confident because you don't feel like you're on your own island. So I actually really love that tip just overall. And it's cool because we're all trying to build our own communities as well. So I, I love being a part of Natalie's Patreon and I completely agree. It's, it really, it's a great tangible tip because you can get all the answers you want on anything. So it's a good overall tip. Yeah. And so, and, and I think that goes for a lot of things. I mean, that goes for your fitness, like having that community. Um, and like if you're, if anyone on here starting a business, I have like a small group of friends who we all have businesses. And literally yesterday I messaged them on Instagram and I was like, guys, I'm having a small crisis. And like, I just need someone to talk to. And all of them hopped on a call and we're like, what do you need? Like, <laughs> and that the best. just, it's the best. You need community in, in everything that you do, but definitely for, if you're starting something new, finding that community can just help you feel so much more comfortable and confident and just having the support from other people. Yeah. And even just starting with just, if anyone doesn't know where to start, like these larger Facebook groups, you can literally type Mm -hmm. in any specific thing you want, like podcasts, podcast hosting, and like you will find a Facebook group, any podcast that you like to listen to probably has a Facebook group, any YouTuber has a Facebook group. So, Mm -hmm. and then like from there you can find smaller communities. So just a a little pro tip, because I completely agree. I think it's been super, super helpful and transformative for just having a business or a platform online. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Okay, let's go into the ending segment, which is fun facts and favorites. I feel like I know the answer to this, but I'm curious, what is your favorite (laughs) 
workout or workout class for you? Okay, I am a kettlebells girl, like through and through. And I think anyone who likes yoga, dance, like Pilates, anything where you have that mind-body connection already, if you like that kind of style, kettlebells is fantastic for strength training. Cool. I feel like there's not like a kettlebell workout class. That needs to, that needs to be a thing. Yeah. They're, they're like super, um, specific, like the technique is really specific. So it's kind of hard to teach in a class setting, but I Mm -hmm. agree. I know that they have some for like trainers, but you have to have like a certification. It's kind of like hard to get into because they're again, I mean, it's just really heavy pieces of iron that you're like swinging around everywhere. (laughs) But yeah, if, if someone wanted to get into kettlebells, I would say like find a kettlebell expert. Um, if you DM me, if you want to get into kettlebells and I will connect you with some people that I know and get in there. Cause it's so much fun, but you definitely have to learn like the basics first. What is your favorite book or podcast or both? Ooh. Okay. So I love the, Oh my God. By Mark Manson. Not giving a fuck. What is the oh, subtle art of not giving subtle a fuck. art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> okay. I haven't read it in like two years, but I still think about stuff in that book and I'm like, Oh my God, he's so right. That book, if you are like how I am slash was and stuck in feeling like you're afraid of failure, you're afraid of judgment of others, you know, you want to do something, but you're kind of scared to start, that's a fantastic book that is just about doing you and trusting yourself and getting out of your own head because... at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, it matters so much to us. Things that we do, we put so much weight on, but in reality, they don't really matter that much. And no one else is looking at you the way you are looking at you. I read that book so long ago when I was in such a different place in my life. And I listened to it on Audible, and I don't even think I was paying attention. So I think (laughs) I need to reread that. Yeah, I, so I've read it twice now, and, like, the first time I went through and I highlighted the whole thing in yellow, and then I went back um, at, like, the very beginning of the pandemic, and I read through it again and highlighted in blue, and it's so interesting, like, the different things that stick out to you when you're at different places in your life. I love rereading self-help books for that reason. Yeah, it's so true. I read Atomic Habits, and there's, like, little random things that I will always remember, and, like, when I don't feel Mm -hmm. like cleaning my room or something, like a line will (laughs) pop into my head from it. And I feel like if I read it again next year with like a different habit that I was wanting to work on, other things would stand out. Mm -hmm. So I I completely agree. Self-help books. I've never read that one. It's, oh my God. It is really good. Yeah, everyone, I should read it. Everybody loves it. It it changed my entire (laughs) mindset on like, Oh my just God. forming habits and the importance of them and how to form habits. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's so good. Highly recommend. Right, it's on my list. <laughs> when do you feel your happiest? Uh, on a Saturday where I have nothing to do with my dog and my boyfriend and maybe a couple friends in Central Park. That is like my happy place. As I just, I, I work so much and I do like, again, I love my job. But that feeling of just not having anything else to do and just like being with people that you love, there's nothing like that. Completely agree. Okay, this last one. What would be your last meal on earth? Oh, tacos. Any kind of taco. (laughs) (laughs) I love how quick that was. 
<laughs> I love tacos. Uh, have you been to El... Okay, I'm going to butcher this. I don't know if it's El Matote or El Matote, but it's on the Upper no. West Side. And it's so good. And you can get really yummy margaritas. <laughs> okay, I love, love, love tacos. I'm just never on the Upper West Side. It's one of the... You got to go. It's one of those places where it's... Like, they don't put anything on the tacos. And that's how I think you know it's good. Like, there's no yeah. toppings. It's literally just, like, the meat, a little bit of onion. And then, like, I order avocado on the side. Like, it only comes with, like, those couple of things. Then you could get, like, cheese or whatever else you want on it. Um, yeah. But that's how I feel like you know it's good is when it's just so basic and it still tastes amazing. 100%. That's how you know the meat is good. They don't need any fluff to right. add on to it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can the people find you? So I am kind of all over the place. I think if you follow me on Instagram, which is Jane K. Simmons, um, you can go to the link in my bio. You can find my YouTube channel, my podcast, uh, my website, my program, all of those things on there. Uh, you can also follow our public program page, which is movement.and.mindset. I put all of the educational fitness and mindset stuff on, on that page. So that's movement and movement.and.mindset. Um, and then I also have a 20% off code for y'all if you want to try um, a month of Movement and Mindset. I don't know why that was so hard to say for me. <laughs> but if you want 20% off your first month of Movement and Mindset, you can use the code DTSCPOD at checkout. Awesome. And I will have that code and all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for the promo code. Of course. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there and I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.